perception perception is reality reality perception is reality some talk shows think all of their opinions are right this one this one knows they are this is perception is reality christopher h bilbury is a no nonsense well maybe a little bit of nonsense political activist local government watchdog and all around good hoosier and god-fearing american citizen is this guy for real holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real life common sense this, this is, is perception is reality and this is christopher h bilbury Well, okay, so now we know if you've listened to the most recent episode of this show that we need to be nice when we are in our public meetings, city council meetings, county council meetings, elected officials meeting to get business done. We need to be nice. We can be firm. We can be tough. We can demand accountability. And we will absolutely be heard, but you have to plan out your thoughts, you have to do right, and we have to conduct a proper meeting, and we have to allow them to conduct a proper meeting. Wait, though, you say, what happens if or when they decide to not have a proper meeting? What am I talking about? Is there some question or concern that they might not be running things appropriately or or legally or in a correct manner? The meeting that occurred in Muncie on the 5th has some people talking about proper protocol and different steps of meetings and if the meetings were properly done or conducted and... If they're not, what should be going on? Why is this happening? And moreover, what can we do to attempt to fix this or ensure that the right and correct procedures are occurring? Welcome, everybody, to the 29th episode of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. That's me, Christopher H. Bilbrey. Thank you all for tuning in. I want to welcome you, each and every one of you, my old listeners that have been here since the beginning, and those of you that have just started tuning in in the last couple weeks. I am thankful for each and every one of you, and I want to continue growing the audience, and I need your help to do that. Tell people on social media, hey, listen to this podcast, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury. Or just share the link. And all you got to do to share the link is type in perception.fireside.fm. Again, that's perception.fireside.fm. Of course, we are at all of the major podcasting hosting sites 
like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and more. But the home station is perception.fireside.fm. Remember, perception.fireside.fm. This is the 29th episode of the podcast, and the title of this episode is Parliamentary, My Dear Marshall, to borrow or parody the often misquoted Sir Arthur Conan Doyle line attributed to Sherlock Holmes. Listen, Holmes never said, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle never wrote the words, it's elementary, my dear Watson. Those never appeared in the actual canon of Sherlock Holmes. Now that's attributed to him, and it's something that people think up and and tie to him in the popular culture, but in fact, he never said that. However, people feel like he did, and it's something that people say. And so I wanted to parody it by saying parliamentary, my dear Marshall. And the my dear Marshall is Doug Marshall. The reason I'm talking directly to him is no other reason than he is the Muncie City Council president. There's also President Tom Sells in Winchester, and whoever the president is in your community. And that person is levied with making sure the meetings are ran properly. What in the hell am I talking about? So, when these elected officials get together and have a meeting, they don't just write some stuff down and plan to talk about it and get up there and just all willy-nilly talk about it. There has to be rules set in place so chaos doesn't ensue and it's the way that things get talked about it's the way that motions get brought up it's the way that ordinances are brought up or resolutions and when they have votes and when they don't have votes and what needs to happen to take a break and what needs to happen to adjourn a meeting and what happens if there's a five-person board and only two council members show up can they have a meeting no they can't because they don't have a quorum wait a minute if you've got a nine-person board can more than four people be in a room together like at somebody's house? No, they can't because that would technically be a quorum of voters and then it would be almost like an illegal meeting. So there's a whole bunch of laws and rules that go into place and what these laws and rules are called are parliamentary procedure. And just what does that mean? Parliamentary procedure is basically a set of well-proven rules designed to move business along in a meeting while maintaining a sense of order and controlling the communications process. Its purpose is to help a group accomplish their tasks through an orderly and democratic process. It's basically a set of rules and things that have been in place for a very long time. And so what we've got to do is look at these rules because... There are situations in which an, a meeting can be done illegally. There can be things that are improper, which would call into question actions taken in a meeting. And the reason I bring all of this up is because this is something that I've paid attention to for a long time. 
And it seems like such a small issue, and it maybe seems like something that's kind of really nerdish, but the law and the rules are in place for a reason, okay? And when we're dealing with this kind of stuff, you know, even the ceremonial type crap that people's like, ah, that's not really important. Well, really, it is. So what this episode's going to be talking about is those procedures. And we're actually going to be talking with an individual who has a lot of training and experience in parliamentary procedures and wants to point out for all of us things that went wrong in that meeting, the infamous meeting. I I feel like that meeting is going to be talked about in folklore for years and years to come all throughout the state of Indiana. I mean, it's been on the news for about a week straight. Uh, We're going to appear on Monday morning on the 93.1 WIBC radio program, Tony Katz and the Morning News. I'll be down there at 8 a.m., to talk with Tony about a lot of stuff that's been going on. And so it's really captured the minds of a lot of people. And so what's happened is, after this meeting occurred the other night, I was scrolling through the City of Muncie's Facebook page. And near the top of the page, they have something pinned And it's their comment policy. And I was looking at comments from there, and I've commented on there before, and I saw that there was a woman who commented. And this woman's name is Ryan Reese. And she wrote a really long post about parliamentary procedures and gave her background and her experience and then gave some issues with the meeting. So I thought, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm going to reach out to her and see if she wants to come on an episode and give us a little insight into proper parliamentary procedure and improper parliamentary procedure. And maybe she'd like to give us some information so that we can know what's going on currently in our own communities, whether you live in Winchester or Muncie, or if you live in whatever state in the United States of America, that you could take a look and seeing what's going on in your communities. Because, as everybody knows, the point of this show is for us, the listeners, to engage in our communities and try to better our local government through our citizen involvement. So maybe if you see that your community isn't acting in a proper way inside their council meetings and their commissioners meetings, maybe you can bring this up to your elected officials and say, hey, what about this? And so I felt like even though this seems to be a little bit of a nerd topic that maybe only I care about and only this Ryan Reese cares about just because this is the nuts and bolts of very small seeming things doesn't mean it's not important. 
Because honestly, this is really important information. Because if the meetings aren't being ran properly the way they should be, what's really going on? And, you know, couldn't you in fact contest anything that occurs? So what I want to do is just on the other side of this break, I want to bring on Miss Ryan Reese and talk with her a little bit about who she is and why she has some experience and expertise in this. Find out the do's and the don'ts and get all this information locked in so we can figure out just exactly what the hell should be happening. You're listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. Now we go on the record with a one-on-one interview designed to engage, entertain, or enrage you. Perception is reality. On the record. Okay, so today we're talking with Ryan Reese, who is a Muncie citizen, a Ball State student working on a legal studies degree on her way to becoming an attorney. And the reason that we're speaking with Miss Reese is because of her expertise in parliamentary procedures, which is basically the fancy way of saying what rules govern how meetings of like the city and county councils and other governmental meetings are ran. Uh, Welcome and thanks for joining us, Ryan. Hi, thank you for having me on. No problem. Thank you for coming on and taking the time to do this. The reason we're talking with you is based off of a comment that you left on the City of Muncie's Facebook page after the most recent City Council meeting. And I noticed, for those that are listening, if you want to go through and look at the page, and I'll actually link it in the description of the episode, but if you want to go and look, it's on the Facebook page for the City of Muncie, where it talks about the comment policy for the City of Muncie. And you made a pretty big comment underneath that section and i want to talk to you about that comment in a second but real quick for everybody listening why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself who you are and why you're commenting on the city of muncie's facebook page about this information i am currently a college student working on my legal studies degree i do live in muncie indiana i happen to watch the most recent city council meeting i noticed as watching it red flags kind of flared up almost instantly seeing the mistakes that were being made the way that they ran the meeting and so i continued to watch the watch it and it just became more and more of an issue and nothing was being corrected from the other one like if one of them was to mess up the other ones weren't correcting it and so i was kind of like whoa okay so i went ahead and wrote out all of the the big red flags that i noticed and went ahead and put them on the page hopefully so that someone can see it and the city the city council can kind of work on correcting it and to ensure that they're running meetings correctly for the citizens of Muncie. Let's let's back up here a little bit so th- those of us that might not know what we're talking about can catch up from home. So when you say that you were watching the city of Muncie's meeting on August 5th, 2019, I was at that meeting and that meeting and other meetings that I have watched for Many years, not just in the city of Muncie, but all over. If you're somebody that is kind of a nerd for local government, specifically meetings and how meetings are supposed to be conducted, 
you know, you kind of get these little moments where you might be like, you know, kind of cringeworthy moments. But for those that are playing along at home that don't know what we're talking about, when you say a red flag, I mean, who are you to say that? And let's back up and really get into who you are and, and why that would matter. So when you're saying red flags, explain to the people listening what you're talking about and why that would matter. So I did FFA for five years while in high school. Four of those years, I was competitive. Um, I competed in county and then state and then nationally. We placed first in the state and then we went and competed nationally in parliamentary procedure. So the way that I even know how all of this works is that I've spent five years of my life spending at least twice a week working on parliamentary procedure and seeing how all of it works. And so when I say red flags, I mean when the city council members are speaking during a meeting and they bring up a motion or they discuss something that needs to be talked about on the agenda for the night, when they're doing it incorrectly, like an example is the small one is when they're taking a break. They can't just, if following Robert's rules of order, They cannot just say, we're going to take a break for five minutes and we'll come back. There's rules that they have to follow. So they have to make a motion to have a recess and then they have to vote. They have to have it seconded and then they have to vote on it so that all the members or at least majority of the members agree to have a recess. Sure, sure. And so just small things like that. So that's kind of an example of what I'm saying. Absolutely. And I want to make sure that people understand. We're going to get into bigger stuff here in a minute. And this might seem like minute little piddly bullshit, but this really is important information. You know, other people from time to time and I have made comments on the city council in Muncie. I've made comments in Winchester and various other locations about how the meetings aren't really being ran the way they should be. And this is really big stuff. So when I saw your comment... I actually sent it out to a lot of people and I was reading it to other people and I thought, wow, this is really big and this is something that we really need to start looking into and demanding that they do properly. And people really didn't get it at first and that's why I decided to do this episode so that we could cover this information and inform people so that people could be better armed and better prepared so that when we go to meetings, whether it be Winchester or Muncie or New York or Indianapolis or Houston, Texas, that we can demand the proper steps and protocol be in place. And this is the reason that I decided to reach out to you. Most people, when they first hear this, are going to say, ah, this doesn't matter. This is stupid. This is this gets in the way of doing, you know, but no, <laughs> This is just the most basic level of doing things right. If we're going to do things, we might as well do it right. And we might as well, you know, it, there's these these procedures are put in place for a reason. So I, I really just want to, again, break down back because I'm going to get back to this. But explain to people out there that might not know when you say parliamentary procedures what you're talking about. So parliamentary procedure in the most basic way is how a meeting is ran. So the steps that need to be taken, the procedure that needs to be followed, and it's truly just the way that a meeting is to be ran and 
these are put in place really so that chaos doesn't ensue during a meeting. Yes. Okay. And chaos ensues during Muncie City Council meetings. Yes. <laughs> but that it's really just so that they can follow um, a set agenda and it can be very organized and everyone there can see the steps that are being done and see everything that was being done and they're not lost in the mess of it. So parliamentary procedure really just is the way that a meeting is ran and that is the most basic term for exactly what it is. Absolutely. And so basically this is kind of like just a holdover from us really coming from England and how the founding fathers set things up. But so we were been talking about parliamentary procedures and just a moment ago you said another term, Robert's rules. For those that might not know what that is, Explain that to the people. So Robert's Rules of Order, it's one type of parliamentary procedure. It's the most common form of it. The way that I even got Robert's Rules of Order from this is that they're different. So you can kind of pick them out, even if they're not being done correctly in a meeting. You can pick out which it is. So when I watch the meeting, I can see that the type of parliamentary procedure that they're loosely following is Robert's Rules of Order, which is what made me realize that this is what they're doing and this is the mistakes. But Robert's Rules of Order is just a version of parliamentary procedure. So there's there's different types, but because of your experience and, and your training coming up through this, you believe that Muncie is following either Robert's Rules of Order or following loosely something based on Robert's Rules. And now, to be perfectly clear, I have reached out to council members in the past asking which way they go on this. And, and I'll be really honest, um, the two or three council members that I reached out to ha didn't have a clue what I was talking about, which was very unsettling, first and foremost. And then after all this craziness, there have been a couple people going back and forth online talking about this because listen it's not just you and me nerds sitting around talking about this <laughs> there are people who are less involved than you and i that are talking about robert's rules this is something that if you're in government and you're specifically you're in the city council or you're in the state house or you're you know a united states senator or, you know when you're when you're talking about being in a level of government, whatever level that would be, whether it's the town of Gaston with three members or, you know, my home community of Winchester with five members or Muncie's with nine or Indianapolis with however many they have, you know, there is a set practice, whether it's Robert's Rules or one of the others, that they go by to stop chaos from occurring and to move the meeting along and, and to have have that going. So I reached out to the clerk's office because the clerk acts as the you know the the record keeper and the, the secretary kind of of the council. And I'm not folding the clerk's office for this. The answer they gave was they did not know what way the council acted, what they went off of. Now the clerk's office did say that there was a copy of Robert's Rules in near the area of the president of the council, which is Doug Marshall. But it was made clear that they did not know, and I was directed to contact the city council attorney, which is Joseph 
Hunter. And what I sent to him was simply this. Good afternoon. I'm wondering if you could provide me some assistance. I'm attempting to find what the city council uses to govern themselves as well as the audience during meetings. Are they using Robert's rules? Are they using something else? There seems to be some confusion even among the council members I've talked to. Thank you in advance for your help. Christopher Bilbury, host of Perception is Reality. And Mr. Hunter, attorney at law for the city council, responded to me late in the day and says, Mr. Bilbury, as I represent the council, I cannot give you legal advice on procedures. However, the city code is public record and I believe it is available online for you to review. Otherwise, I suggest you contact your personal attorney. Have a good weekend, Joseph Hunter. So I, I was not asking this man for legal advice. I was asking him to clarify uh, you know, what these heathens that he represent does, but apparently he didn't want to do that. And although I do have an attorney for matters relating to the city, I'm not going to waste any billable hours asking if he knows a question that the city should be able to answer. So really quickly, talk about, if you can, how this stops chaos from occurring. If it's ran correctly and done correctly, only certain people should speak and only and it's giving everybody the opportunity to speak when they need ah, to speak yes and yes. so a lot of the issues that we have right now is people are speaking over each other and whether it's citizens or council members they're not letting the others speak and there's problems there and so to run according to robert's rules of order or any parliamentary procedure you allow for everyone to have this much time to speak and they're given this and no one can speak around it. And if they do, you call and you rise to a point of order and you correct it and you stop them. And so it just gives a lot more. It has a lot more control in the meeting than what is done now, because yeah. just saying, you know, let them speak is not doing anything. Right. Um, and so it just allows for more control and to keep everything organized because you also notice there is a lot of there's there's confusion at times of what exactly is going on and yeah. what they're talking about and why and all of that. And this allows for the confusion to not be there. It's more I mean, there's still going to be issues with everything, but this just allows for a more controlled environment and a better understanding for everybody that's there especially when there's giant crowds or something like that. It just allows for it to be less chaotic around following all the rules and getting everybody to have enough time to speak and getting everybody to follow each step accordingly so that everybody gets their chance to speak and gets their opportunity to say what they need to say. And all steps are being followed at the same time. And it just, it just keeps less chaos in that type of area. Absolutely. And, and I, I want to, again, say the reason that this is important and the reason that I'm having you on and, and going over this is if Muncie's got all this craziness going on, here, here, here's the thing. They, the officials, should be taking every step possible to be as accountable and as proper and as transparent as possible 
And so everything should be done right. And because so much is being done wrong, or either there's a perception that things are being done wrong, they should remove as much doubt or issue that there is. And so although this really seems like a very minute, not important issue, it's really not. These people are... Uh, specifically the council, not only are they our representatives and the fiscal body, but they are the legal body. They are the legislative body of the city of Muncie making ordinances. And so they should be able to act, you know, legally and according to law. I also am a very major proponent for the First Amendment right and everybody getting to speak at a public meeting if they so choose. I am all in favor for everyone getting to speak. And, and in this situation, when Robert's rules or other parliamentary procedures are being undertaken and, and they're, they're being utilized the correct way, if a citizen is speaking and has the floor and is within the time limit, whether that's three minutes or five minutes or, or, or whatever time, and if he or she is stopped from communicating at that point, then there's a problem and there is, is definitely recourse there. However, if you're given the time limit to speak and you speak and, and whatever you want to go over or you want to try to speak at a different time... That does allow the council to say, hey, you know, this is not the right time. You know, you're out of order and, uh, you know, either ask you to stop or ask you to leave or, or have you removed, you know, depending, you know, on what the scenario is there. Uh, obviously, with it being a public building and a public space, I, I always say that it's tricky, specifically in the state of Indiana, because they don't have to allow for public concerns, but... They can't really stop you from speaking either. That doesn't mean they have to answer, and they can definitely go on. I mean, there's many, many, many videos of protests occurring inside a city council chambers where they're just continuing to conduct the meeting. They allow those people to have their say. I mean, there's just different different times and different places for different things. I always say the, la the name of the last episode was, you know, Catch More Bees with Honey. And, uh, you know, I look at this like playing chess, not checkers. And we want to be fair and we want to fight smarter and not harder. And that's why I say I don't think it's always appropriate for the crowd to be yelling and chanting. You're not getting anything done that way. It's better to be prepared and have factual information and be ready to speak and fight them the way they should be fought. But the council could really do a lot in the way of trying to help this by simply acting accordingly themselves. And so if you can, since we've really talked about what this is, why this is important, let me ask you, do you mind going over a couple of the issues or the, the red flags as you call them? So the two really big ones that I noticed were the adjournment done by the president. And then as we're sitting and talking about ensuring everyone gets the right to speak, the, real issue with the city council is that they ensure that they get to speak and it's done correctly at times but when it's cut up to the citizens and they're speaking it isn't so at the last meeting that i watched they had an agenda of what was to be talked about and if it wasn't on the agenda it wasn't something that they were going to discuss that night so they brought up the chief of fire to discuss i think a firebase ems they talked to him about 
um, the fire department and things of that nature. But that wasn't on the agenda to talk about, which means that they weren't technically supposed to speak about it. Yes. And so they brought that up and talked about that. And so when they did that, that's not something that they should have done. But because they did that, there was a man at the end of the meeting that wanted to discuss something and they would not allow him to speak at all because yes. it wasn't on the agenda to talk yeah. about. And so it was just a really big flag to me that if you want to follow the agenda, it needs to be followed both ways to ensure that the citizens are given their right to speak, but the city council is also given the ability to speak and control it. It just needs to be a fair ground right there. And so that was an issue. And that was a really big red flag because that's stopping the citizens of Muncie, their right to discuss issues that they have, but giving the city, the council members the ability to do so and tell others that they can't. So that was just a really big red flag. <laughs> the second one was, well, let, let me stop you here real quick. Just okay. just just to just go over that for a second. So, for those that don't know because there's a lot of people that are just now getting involved that have never been political. I've heard I've heard a plethora of citizens, a uh, 100 or more people say in the last couple of days, I've never been to a council meeting. I don't know anything about this. And I'm going to start going. And that's, you know, what the purpose of this show is, is to, you know, better local government through citizen involvement and teach, you know, everybody listening, whether it's in my community or Muncie or, or anywhere in Indiana or Texas or, you know, California, how things should go and, and what you as citizens should do and expect and, and how you should act and, and go on from there. But... In the state of Indiana, a notice of a meeting has to be issued to the media and it has to be posted 48 hours in advance for meetings in the state of Indiana. If they're going to have a meeting, they, it has to be published, and this is all governed by Indiana Code and the Office of the Public Access Counselor, like open door laws and things like that. So Muncie does a pretty good job of posting that on their Facebook page my home community in Winchester used to, but my mayor is completely flopping around and, and uh, flopping around the drain as he's getting ready to finish out the remainder of his time in office and is starting to suck about this. But a lot of the council members post them on their social media page. And so the agenda is normally up and posted a couple days before the meeting. So it shows you what's going to be talked about there and the items that the council's bringing up. And so you're correct about information needing to be on the agenda to be brought up. And just for the record, for this Muncie meeting, there was no section on the agenda where they had listed bringing up Fire Chief Eddie Bell and just absolutely trying to dismantle him. But getting back to the agenda and other parliamentary procedures, the agenda is a pretty big thing because that's, like you said, the outline of the meeting, and that's how you keep order. So he was not listed on there. They didn't list, you know, Councillor Moore was going to go on this diatribe and, and uh, you know, do whatever. So... You're saying when they called him up, that was an issue that if they were following the proper parliamentary steps or Robert's rules, 
that that would not have happened? What 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 should have happened in that time? How's a way that that could have been fixed? If Counselor Denise Moore would have called him up, what should have happened? I know that if they want to do it, they have to make a motion of some nature. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know exactly what that is. Okay. I've never had to do it, so what? I'm not aware of it. But I know that for any way for her to speak regarding that she has to make a, a form of emotion and they have to approve of it for him to speak. And so just bringing him up and doing it without any form of procedure done, I know is incorrect. Okay. And so what would have happened in that case? Should Someone, the, should some, one of the counselors have said, Hey, you know, wait. Yeah. So to do it in the most professional manner is to object to the procedure or to rise to a point of order. And then they would state what is done wrong. And then the president would kind of like a judge were like where they object. So it's yeah. pretty much like yeah. them objecting where they say, I object, da, da, da. And then the president would state, yes, you're correct. She rose to a point of order because da, 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 da. And then they would stop what she's doing and correct the issue and then done it correctly or not done it at all. Okay. 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 So, and so since nothing was done, she didn't make a motion correctly. And then the rest of the council members did not step up to stop the incorrect act. Okay. Real quick. I think this might be a good place to talk. You, you gave a, a few definite uh, definitions of uh, words, and for those that that don't know, um, you know, one of the big ones is quorum. Uh, the city of Muncie has a nine-member board. City of Winchester has a five-member. Gaston has a three-member, and I'm I'm just using those because those are areas I talk about quite a bit. But it also shows you the different boards, and and so if you notice there, uh, the listeners will notice that's an odd number. That way, there can always be you know. Uh, a vote and you know you'll know what's going on there but when you have a three member a quorum is a majority you know two of the three is what you need to have a meeting in winchester there you need to have three of the five and in muncie a quorum would be five could be a quorum so if you don't have five for example at a city council meeting if only four counselors would show up they would have to postpone the meeting because they didn't have a quorum. Now, on the flip side of that, a quorum of voters can never get together in one location or it would technically be an illegal meeting. So if your council has five members, if three of them get together at a barbecue at a private citizen's house and the three of them are in there, that's technically not okay. And then Jermaine, you, you talked about that, uh, which is an argument or debate. He says it has to be Jermaine to the motion, which is just, you know, it has to, like, dealing with what's being talked about. You can't just be talking about one thing on the agenda and then all of a sudden pop off into talking about something else. It has to be Jermaine to the topic being discussed. And now, moving on, there was another portion in the meeting where one of the council members actually got up out of the seat and walked up to the council president and whispered in his ear. You saw that, I'm sure. Yes, I noticed that one. And so, you know, there were people that I I was immediately shaking my head. I have a really good relationship with a public access counselor. 
Uh, his name's Luke Britt. He's for the state of Indiana, and he's appointed by the governor. and And he's who people contact if they're looking for records and they're having a hard time getting them from the agency, or if they feel like there's an open door violation. and And I'll I'll be really honest. Counselor Anderson, in, in my opinion, getting up out of a seat and whispering in Council President Marshall's ear like that committed a violation. Uh, there, there, there was a community uh, in Indiana where something very, very similar to that happened, and it uh, did result in a, in a lawsuit being filed, and I think actual, ac- actually action taken against the council and that council member. So, you know, they need to be really careful with that. But um, what what was interesting about that and the reason I brought that up was somebody from the audience actually said, hey, you know, you can't be doing that. And one of the other counselors, Linda Gregory, said, hey, we're on recess. And uh, somebody said, no, you're not, lady. But, you know, from your point of view, they couldn't have been on recess because why could why were they not on recess at that moment? For them to be on recess, it has to be a motion has to be made. It has to be voted on. It has to be seconded and then voted on. So for them <laughs> to be on recess at all, everyone in that room would know that they're on recess. <laughs> right. So. To say that they're on recess is completely inaccurate because everyone would know it and they would have had to do pretty much make a big event of it, out of it. Someone has to make a motion. Someone else has to second. And then the entire council would have to vote on it. And okay. then they can do it. And he whispered to him during them speaking about something in the meeting. So if they're on recess, they can't discuss city council matters. Yes. Yes. And that was happening, so... <laughs> yeah, and, and and for the record, uh, I, I have talked to um, those, uh, a few council members, and uh, I've been informed that that actually happened after I got done speaking, uh, honestly, I, I believe. I have been told by the council president that what counselor anderson said was uh don't let them and i assume them is the audience me or somebody else or or the entire audience don't let them uh you know beat up on or be mean to or dog or or whatever say bad things about counselor nora powell and to me it don't matter if it's nora or if it's anybody, you know, him saying that, I just think that's really out of line and, and definitely against procedure, as you stated. So moving on from there, you said there was another really big red flag. What's the, what, what did you see there? So at the towards the end of the meeting, um, I guess for the president, it would be his end of the meeting. But <laughs> for at the towards the end of the meeting... Um, The president stood up and said, I'm adjourning the meeting and walked out. And one, he can't adjourn a meeting unless two things happen, which is there's an emergency situation causing meaning that there's a riot that is broken out and the meeting needs to adjourn by the president. There was not a riot. And two, the quorum is not present. So if that would have been done at the beginning or I guess if multiple left, so as if there's at least five of them there, which there was, and there was not an emergency situation, 
he cannot call for an adjournment. The other members can. They can rise to make a motion to call for an adjournment. But to have an adjournment, one of the members has to um, rise for an adjournment. It has to be seconded, and then it has to be voted on by the entire council for an adjournment to even happen. And none of that happened. He just did it and walked out, yes. which is completely wrong. <laughs> Not allowed to happen for multiple reasons. But um, that was a really, really big one to me because that one just stuck out. Like you, I mean, you just can't do that. Right. But then Powell stepped up as vice president to yep. step into the president's place, which was done. But she can't step in as um, president if the president is still in the room. Okay. Which I'm, from what I'm aware of, he was still there, which don't quote me because he could have been gone. But if he's still in the room, she cannot step up as president and take over. He would still be there. He would still have to do it. He would have to completely be gone for her to step up and take up as president. Okay. If, if, if he didn't adjourn the meeting and just left, what does that technically mean? I mean, does that mean the meeting is still in place? Does that I mean what, what's, what's going on at that point? Yeah, the meeting never ended. So he never ended the meeting because it was not done correctly. He was out of order entirely, out of completely out of order for what he did. Um, but the meeting is still technically going on. So until someone else ends the meeting, it's still happening and there's no stop to it. So um, he just did something incorrectly. And then the point of all of them being there is for someone to step up and acknowledge that that was done incorrectly and fix it, which no one did. So they just kind of let that happen. He left and then they took over and continued the meeting. So her now the feed died out after he left. So there's a gap of time that I did not get to see between him leaving and her uh, vice president stepping up and becoming president and discussing something. So I didn't get to see how, (coughs) how they did all of that. (laughs) But um, if she can just, step in as president and continue in the meeting because he's he was gone he left his spot yeah so, so they did that kind of correctly i mean it wasn't done correctly because it shouldn't have been adjourned <laughs> but to step up and like continue it they they did accordingly they just kept it going yeah and, and so basically what happened is uh he said uh you know this is adjourned adjourned and and citizens rightfully got upset you know i i always say you know, try to err on the side of, you know, respect and civility. But, uh, you know, Monday night was kind of like a powder keg, and it's like um, 80 plus years of this crap from these, not maybe not these people, but from these seats, you know, it's been ingrained in people. I mean, I, I grew up in Muncie knowing how dirty Muncie's politicians were, and you've got 80 and older year old people attending this meeting telling these folks you guys are the most disgusting (laughs) group of people that have ever held these seats i mean that really that's really saying something i mean muncie has had mayors that have been indicted and uh we've got this whole big fbi investigation going on now and uh i mean we've got a long history of craziness and for folks to feel like these people are the worst of the worst, that's, you know, uh, I don't know if they should get a pat on the back or what, but 
uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's really saying something. But so they, she, everyone was going crazy, and I was getting in a position to where I could kind of film what was happening and people leaving and what was going on. And then as I was doing that, everyone kind of in the audience kept saying, "Return to your seats! Return to your seats! They're they're going to start the meeting back up." And I actually on the video, you can hear me saying, "What's happening?" What's what's happening? And I, as somebody said, I don't know, but they're getting ready to make an announcement. And what what really amazes me about all this is the fact that the uh, the city council attorney was there, and he was like, you know, I'm going to advise you to uh, continue on here and to let the people speak, and the people need to, to hold their comments to three minutes, and if they don't, I'm going to advise you to adjourn this meeting. Then he sat down, and they continued on with several other citizens speaking, and a little bit more business in the meeting, which I know people are debating on whether or not that's legitimate or legal and the reason they're debating is because these type of procedures have not been followed so uh you have any other thoughts no that in the in the second part of that meeting where nora took over is when that one man tried to come up and speak and she told him he was not allowed to yes that's the thing you know one of your council members can speak but you're not allowing the citizens of muncie to speak and you know this is a meeting entirely based to let everybody have their opinion and speak and discuss the issues that they have with the city and they're not allowing the citizens to do that, which I think is just a large red flag. And the big issue is, you know, the city council is supposed to know these rules and understand the way this works. The citizens of Muncie aren't. They're not expected to know <laughs> right. parliamentary procedures. So the the city council is able to kind of put a blanket over all of them and do kind of what they want and not follow rules according to the way they're supposed to be done for the people who don't know a difference there's nothing that they're going to do because they're they're not educated on how a meeting's supposed to be ran, but they're not expected to. The city council is expected to. So that was kind of an issue to me is it's it's not allowing the citizens to have all of their, you know, their rights, their right to speak and discuss things. Yeah. And so that was just a really big issue. You know, that really like kind of, and you know, it irritated me. <laughs> I was like, let them talk, like let this guy speak. You know, you kind of blindsided the, uh, the fire chief yeah right and made him come up and speak and Absolutely. do all of this stuff that was not on the agenda but then this one guy that wanted to come up and discuss something he had an issue with and you can tell he really wanted to speak and he wasn't being overly disrespectful yeah. like he wasn't being a pain he just right. wanted to talk right well, and they wouldn't let him yeah and so you know and and he he tried that was actually his second time he, he actually tried yeah uh two two times he he was being respectful he is a constituent. He, you know, um, felt like he had something to say. Three minutes is not a long time. You know, I, I always say, you know, uh, when you can do something that's going to make you look a little bit better and it doesn't take that long and it's not that hard, why don't you just go ahead and do it? I mean, optics is a big thing. And, uh, you know... I just, I'll, I'll never understand that it seems like they just don't have a grasp on optics, on the optics of a situation and how it yeah. plays. And they, you know, it's another point that kind of got to me while watching that meeting. And I wasn't even there. I was watching it over a live feed. So I wasn't getting the full effect of everything happening. But when you notice that during the meeting, 
the council members are talking between each other or talk, sitting on their phones and yeah. genuinely not acknowledging anyone that's there. Yep. You can tell that they don't care what's being talked about. They don't have any interest in people's opinions unless it matches theirs, you know? Right. And I'm not trying to dog or be, you know, but it's just noticeable that they're yeah. not, they don't care. And these meetings are so people can speak and get out their opinions and kind of, you know, the city council is discussing issues that happen for these citizens and if they're just not listening and not caring i mean it shows to go it goes to show that they don't care it's just they want to get it done and over with and go home and that's yeah. really what it is i mean that's what they're showing for well, everybody and so stuff like that i was just like you know you don't you know you're not supposed to be on your phone you're supposed to be paying attention and that's you know part of parley parley is just paying attention you have to be alert and aware at all times that seems like a small rule but it's one of them absolutely well you know and and something about that you know like you said the council's supposed to know these things the city of muncie isn't and and as i said at the beginning of this you know the reason i wanted to cover this is because it might sound like a minor not very important issue but but in, in fact it's not but Somebody that does or that would or that might notice this and, and be put off by it is a big company or uh, some kind of development or something. Because the first thing that happens when a corporation or a business or something like that looks to come to a city, the first thing they do is start taking the newspaper, if they, if they can, or, or looking around at the police and fire response times to see, you know, all right, is this, you know, a safe city? Do they have major issues? Is there proper police, fire, EMS response times? And they then start looking at the government and looking at the councils. And when you're talking about somebody that's a big corporation and the president or the CEO or the CFO, you know, even in their corporation meetings, you know, a lot of times they will follow, uh, you know, parliamentary procedures in, in the business world. And so when you've got a government entity that is a clown show, <laughs> uh, you know, that might be off-putting and bothersome. I did want to ask you one more thing here before I let you go, and I appreciate you talking with us and, and uh, appreciate you letting me take so much of your time. Um, something that has been talked about pretty drastically, and, and I want to be very careful when I say this, because uh, right now we are currently in the middle of dealing with a situation where there is a company that is coming or trying to come to Muncie that's going to be putting a factory and a facility on the old Borg Warner uh, site, and uh, apparently what they're going to be doing is recycling smelted lead, uh, looking for uh, zinc and, and other materials. And there's concern about the safety of this. And I am all for Muncie bringing businesses in and attempting to get jobs and bring industry back and and factory jobs and and good high paying jobs and and just everything. I'm all for that. And I'm all for doing what we can. I'm also all for citizens voicing their opinion and I am definitely for citizens wanting to feel safe in their community. Now, I am not necessarily in favor of this 
building this company, this factory coming into Delaware County. I don't live in Delaware County, but I have family and friends in Delaware County. I am in Delaware County a lot. I, I work in Delaware County six days a week, uh, 12 hours a day. And uh, my community in Winchester is only 30, 35 miles east, which is the way the wind blows from Delaware County. So I'm not necessarily in favor of this factory coming in. And I'm absolutely favorable to all the citizens that are trying to organize and that came out to the meeting. And I mean, it's it's really a good thing. And I'm, I'm trying to get some of them on to talk uh, here coming up for an episode coming up. But I, I'm all for citizens doing what they can. And I, and I hope that the council members are doing what they can to stop this. But there was something that occurred towards the end of the meeting where they attempted to talk about stopping this factory. This factory's already been voted on. It's went through the proper steps and through the, you know, as governed by the laws of the state of Indiana, it was talked about. And there were, uh, proper meetings that were held and citizens were aware and everything that fell in place for the city council to vote on this facility and they voted and it passed and and it's coming as of right now it's coming to Muncie now there is action in place to try to stop it there are different council members working to try to stop it there are citizens working to try to stop it, and, and I'm going to help them to the best of my ability do that. With that being said, there was action taken in that, uh, what I call the second part of the meeting, the Nora Powell meeting, uh, where one of the council members made a motion that they send this uh, to committee to be reviewed, which is... is Everybody loved and cheered for it, and it got him some great brownie points. He's running for re-election. I'm not saying that's why he did it. I, I really believe that he had the best intentions in, in mind doing this. But because of how everything fell, give me your opinion on if you think that that was proper action or not. No, personally. First off, they didn't do the committee thing entirely correct. They did move to bring it to a committee and discuss it. They didn't say exactly what kind of committee. I guess they stated something um, that has to do with science, but they weren't too specific, which is fine. But there is a motion to rescind um, a past motion from a past meeting. So they can bring that motion back up and restart it. To rescind or amend something previously adopted, um, you can undo or change any decision that has been voted on before all right i want to make sure that everybody heard her say that because there is a there's a, a an email going around and there are a couple quotes going around from a counselor linda gregory who says we can't undo this but i just from your understanding and your experience and your training just like i know and i have said to many many people you can nothing is a hundred percent anything can be undone or redone. Yeah. So the way that it would work, um, they can, the motion 
can be used to cancel the motion altogether. They can bring it back up to rediscuss, reopen it, restart it, and go over it again. And they re-vote on it. So it's just doing it all over again. But a city council member has to be one of the ones to move to make a motion to rescind it. So one of them would have to do it to bring it back up. But okay. it is possible. They can do it. It can be rescinded and brought back up if they are following Robert's rules of order. That's the thing. If they're not, which is it's what it looks that's what it looks like they're doing, but and, and how common is Robert's rules for, you know, government entities, city councils, county councils, things like that? I mean, you do you know, I mean, is it It is the most common version of parliamentary procedure. Very good. Well, thank you very much for all of your time and your knowledge. You know, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and I appreciate your deep knowledge and understanding of these parliamentary procedures and Robert's rules and of course why this is important. But before I let you go, is there anything else that you think is important that citizens should know? Or let me ask you this, if they're not using Robert's rules, do you think that this is something we should make a big deal of and do you think that they should start? Or what do you what's your opinion on that? Um yeah, I think that you know, if the president has a book of Robert's Rules of Order in his drawer, then they're going off of it in some nature. And if they're not, obviously they need to change the form that they're using because it's not working. So <laughs> if that means changing to Robert's Rules of Order, which in my opinion would be the best option if they could do it correctly, it would be tremendous help. And it's not very difficult to learn. So if, you know, and... It's not super complicated to get the general idea of it is not super hard, which I think would be super nice for the city of Muncie if they wanted to educate themselves on it and learn it so they can see what's happening and be able to catch if the members aren't following it correctly. You know, it's it's a very simple way of running a meeting, but it also is it it's helpful enough to not run for chaos. So, yes, I think no matter what, you know, they're, they've got to be a little bit educated on it if they've got a book of it. And you can, you know, when I look at them and I hear them doing it, they're doing some version of it. So, yeah, you know, if they already know a little bit of it, then they roll, might as well stick with, with it, it and off to the learn it correctly. Yeah, <laughs> But absolutely. also another point, you can't um, bring something to a committee after it's been voted on. So she says that they, uh, Gregory says they can't bring it back at all. They couldn't have even bring it brought it to a committee so they obviously can bring it back if they're gonna bring it back to a committee which they can't do either so the uh, only thing they yes. could do is resend it or adopt amend something previously adopted they can't bring it to a committee they could only um take it to a committee before it's been voted on and passed or failed okay good so yeah, that's great yeah her stating that is I mean, they ran the committee, so they could bring it back if they're not going to follow the rules anyway. <laughs> sure. See, that works. That works. That's a double-edged sword. So, you know, yeah. when they're when they it's it's like it's like they follow the rules when the rules help them, and they don't follow the rules when the not following the rules help them. Yes. And so, yes. you know, as as well as that's a you know helpful tool for them. That's also a helpful tool for us because it's easy to call them out. So, yeah. you know, the thing is, and listen, I'm not trying for everybody that's listening to this. 
I'm not trying to be petty. I'm not trying to just nitpick over every little thing because I'm telling you right now, I'm going to get emails and I'm going to get phone calls and I'm going to get Facebook messages about this episode right here because people are going to say, you're, uh, you're bitching about nonsense. And let me be very clear. These people are the lawmakers for the city of, in, of Muncie. These people are spending your money... They are supposed to be representing you as citizens. They are apparently also dictating police investigations. <laughs> um, and now, you know, they're in the process of trying to uh, deal with fire fire departments and, and fire-based EMS. So they apparently carry a lot of weight. You know, it would be nice if they were doing their actual job the proper way. And so since we're just about four months out from an election, I would implore the new the candidates who are currently running and whoever of those candidates go forward to adopt Robert's rules and use them, if not at this next meeting, at least start in January when the new council comes in doing everything right. And so if anybody from anywhere, really, that's a candidate that's running for office that is running for a council seat, city council, county council, town council, uh, or, or, or whatever. And you're more than welcome to call me and I can help point you in the right direction. I actually have a copy of Robert's Rules. If there's any candidates that are in the Muncie, Winchester area that want to read it, I'm more than willing to loan that to you. Uh, and uh, try to do what we can to straighten this crap out because uh, just what happened Monday all the way around looked like nonsense and, you know, they're trying to point their fingers at the citizens and, I mean, that just doesn't work with me and it shouldn't anyone else. And so, you know, it's these people that have been incapable of doing right and it's our job to make sure that they do. So, Ryan, I want to thank you for taking your time and coming on and talking with us. This was a really good interview. It was a long one, but there was a lot of information to cover here. And I want to thank you for all of that great information. What you had to say was absolutely fascinating. It's very important information. I know it might seem like it's just the very small nuts and bolts and the minutia of it all and it just doesn't make a difference or mean anything but it is very important and it's the building block of the council meeting and so if they want to start doing right they need to start doing right and if they want to do things in a way to set a precedent for how we should act and they should act then this is the step they need to take so I want to thank you for coming on today and giving us all of this great information. And I appreciate everything you had to say. And we'll hopefully see if 
this will get back to them. Who knows? Maybe they will take a page or two out of Robert's rules and or take a page from Ryan Reese and her parliamentary procedures. Thank you very much for talking with me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for letting me speak about this. We will uh, we will talk with you later on. Thank you very much. Thank you. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us for this episode. I know it was a long one. We had a great guest. I want to thank Ryan Reese for all of her information on Robert's rules and the other parliamentary procedures that our local government officials need to be working under when we're in our meetings. If you want to talk about how to throw corruption out and do the right things and get rid of the wrong ways, we need to do it at the very basic levels of government, and this is how we can do it. Do things by the book, and this is quite literally by the book. This is how we need to do things, and we need to get our officials everywhere to do right and to do these type of things during the meetings. So again, I want to thank Ryan for all of her information. And of course, I want to thank you, the listener, the listeners that have been here since day one and the listeners that started listening last episode. You are all very important to me and mean the world to me. Continue sharing the show, spreading the word. Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey can be found on all major podcasting hosting sites as well as at the home station of perception.fireside.fm. Continue spreading the word, posting it on social media, and telling your friends, family, and neighbors, hey, check out this idiot talking. He really might have some good points here. Before we shut her down, I do want to say, I don't know when you're listening to this, but if you're listening to it before Monday the 12th, remember you might want to tune in to Tony Katz in the morning from 6 to 9 on WIBC 93.1. I'll be down there and on the radio at 8 o'clock talking about the podcast and a lot of other crazy stuff going on. So for all of us here at Perception is Reality, take care, God bless, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318. And on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.